Hi, and welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint podcast, episode 70. For today, I'm going to jump into emails very quickly, but I wanted to try something new. Phil and I wanted to um, sort of do the uh, do a two birds with one stone thing by providing some great content for the podcast, but also building up more course videos that we can actually put into our course, the Mandarin Blueprint Method. Now, what we wanted to start focusing on is grammar, because we know that although grammar isn't learned by looking at um, grammar points, grammar structures, those sort of equations, you know, verb plus le plus object equals, that's not the way to actually acquire grammar. The, the way you acquire grammar is through listening and reading. But the way we're going to do this, based on the course, for, for those of you that are on the course, this is how you're going to benefit from this. After every 10, like uh, after you've seen a particular grammar structure in 10 separate sentences, example sentences, we're going to make that sort of that grammar point into a video. And we thought that we could do the video as part of this podcast. So people that aren't on the course can also get a benefit. And we can share that as a, a general sort of social media clip that people could get benefit from as well. So we're going to try this out over the next few weeks and see how it goes if you like it. And you can always send in um, your uh, questions as usual, which you sort of do anyway, and we'll answer those in uh, those grammar points as well and explain those grammar points rather. So today I thought I'd kick it off by starting with a fairly basic grammar point or grammar structure, however you want to call it, guo, which uh, is a character that means a bunch of different things. We did a video about on it way back a few years ago. This character in itself means, has a, a bunch of different definitions depending on the context, but the specific context we want to look at is guo as an experience particle. So it says that you add this on the end of a verb and it basically means you have experienced or you've done this before. It has happened before. So let's go through some example sentences. So the most basic form of this would be just to add guo after any verb. And it just means I have done this verb before, this doing word, right? So for example, 我骂过我的儿子. is like I've scolded my son before. Sometime in the past, in my life, I have done that. That's all that means. And of course, you can use it in a question as well. Have you ever scolded your son before? And you could answer that with which means yes. There's no yes or no in Chinese. So that's sort of the most basic way of using this. Let's get a bit more complex now. So take a look at this sentence. 我常常想起来 他说过的话,我常常, I often, 想起来, think of, 他说过的话, the things she has said. So that's like another way you can use this, 他说过的话. Another one, let's talk about negating. To negate 过, you actually use 没, not 不, because remember from our previous classes and the pronunciation mastery course as well, we mentioned that 不 is for now and you know in the future or just generally I don't do something but for the past when you want to say something didn't happen in the past you always use may so that's for whether it's a past present or whether it's just talking about experience so let's have a look at an example sentence for that 
公司从来没有办过活动。公司从来没有办过活动。公司 means company， 从来没有，从来没有 means never before has never done。办过活动 ，so 办过活动 means to hold an event。So this is saying the company or my company has never held an event before in the past。Okay。公司从来没有办过活动。Another great one from level twenty-three of our course is 中国有一句话。That's what Chinese people often say. Chinese people say 中国有一句话 It's a very Chinese thing. You don't really hear that in English, do you? English has a thing. <laughs> English has a phrase, or English has a sentence. It goes like this. It's just weird for us to say that in that particular way. But Chinese people say this a lot. 中国有一句话。不知道你听没听说过 ？So 听没听 ？It's like the same thing as 是不是 or 去不去 ？It's like a it's a it's a sentence structure. Okay, it's a question structure rather. So I don't know if so. 不知道你听没听说过 ？I don't know if you've heard it before. So those are kind of the basics of 过 You know. It's, 我骂过我的儿子 ，like I've done this before, or I haven't done this before. That's basically how it's used.、And、it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward, right? But there's another usage which I wanted to mention here, which is, it's still incredibly common, but it's not usually taught. It's something you usually find in day-to-day -day conversation, or whilst listening to real Chinese content, or watching Chinese TV, or something like that. And、uh, it does take people by surprise. It's kind of like it takes a while to figure out consciously. So. It goes something like this: 我吃过饭了，我吃过了。So if someone asks you, a very common phrase in Chinese is, 你吃饭了吗？你吃饭了吗 ？Like have you eaten? It's basically what people say just to say how are you. It's like a have you eaten? Yeah, it's just like a cultural thing. And you would say yeah, 吃了 But you can also say you can also ask someone, 你吃过饭了吗 ？You can add the 过 in there. And you can say 吃过了，吃过了。But you, you, as a learner, you always associate guo with like the the distant past, really,、uh, or like sometime in my life. It could be a couple of weeks ago. It could be、uh, when I was five. You know, you don't really associate it with like just now. But when you use guo and le together, it has the specific meaning that is only really used about very everyday actions like eating, brushing your teeth, taking a shower. And it means I've already done this thing. <laughs> In the specific situation of, I'm expected not to have done it, perhaps. So let me just again, it's it's weird to just explain grammar. It's best to just look at example sentences, and it's really straightforward. And just sort of have an open mind and just accept that this is how it works, or at least try to. Now you can also add the word 已经 which actually means already. So、this is, I guess you could consider this the full version of this phrase, if you like. So, 他已经吃过了 So anyway, those are the basics of 过 and how you will generally see it in those those three different contexts. And、uh, it's yeah, it's a pretty basic structure, but it's it's good to hear these grammar explanations sometimes. We certainly, although we do believe that again, grammar is acquired through listening and reading, truly acquired that way. It is nice to hear these explanations for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is if you hear a decent explanation, and I hope that way, I hope that explanation does count as decent enough.、Uh, if you do hear a decent explanation, 
of a particular grammar point with some good examples to explain it. Uh, it does a couple of things. One thing it does is it makes you realize or possibly click with something consciously that you already knew, which is a feeling of accomplishment. It just feels good. It's like, oh, that's how guys use. I mean, I was I understood that. I've been understanding sentences, but I just never consciously thought about it. And uh, it's nice to be like, okay, tick, I know that thing. It's cool. Which is one of the, I guess you could say, one of the benefits of traditional learning in that sense, which we've talked about before, gives you that tick the box feeling, like I've got that grammar point down. So that's one thing, but also, I don't want to, uh, Phil and I both don't want to say that gra explaining grammar points is not uh, a good thing to do in classes or, or sort of traditional learning situations, because there's certainly a lot of evidence that goes to show understanding a grammar point and again hearing it explained properly can allow you to acquire grammar quicker perhaps or be at least be aware of it allowed to click with it quicker than you may have done if you were just listening and reading to sentences without properly thinking about it do you see what i mean so again it's not it's, nothing is completely cut and dry with linguistic research but we think there's a lot of value to it still all right so I hope that was uh, all right for you guys. Um, we're going to move into the uh, emails now. But again, if you have any, uh, if you have any sort of grammar questions, just keep sending them in. We've been explaining them on the podcast anyway, but this is now going to be, I guess you could say, a more official part of the podcast. Now we're going to spend like five or ten minutes just going through uh, a cool bit of grammar that, or a useful bit of grammar that people are requesting or that we think should be in the course eventually and should be out there. So let us know if you have any requests. So let's uh, get into the first email. This is actually a message from uh, a new client who, who was with us before, quit and then came back, thankfully. So Xiao Dan uh, is this gentleman's name. So let's read his message. Hi there, my name is James, or as my parents-in-law call me, Xiao Dan. Oh, he says Xiao Dan. I think it should be a third tone, but maybe it's not uh, in certain parts of China or something. I'm not sure. Or I could just be wrong. Uh, I'm from Sydney, Australia, and I started learning Mandarin by osmosis about four years ago when I started dating my to-become-in-the-future wife. This is my second attempt at the Mandarin Blueprint Method. The first time I did not have the right attitude, and I wasn't treating it as a real priority. What a shame. Could have made so much progress already. This time around, three days in, and I've already gotten through half of the Pronunciation Mastery course. I'm really surprised how much I was missing out on by thinking I'd be better off by just listening to my wife and friends speak to me in Mandarin. It is really beneficial to have a native speaker with me pretty much 24-7, I won't deny, but you can't learn language just by taking it in. Yeah, people would say that to me all the time. Like, uh, we had a message on, uh, there was a, there's a video of me on like Facebook, or like speaking fluent Mandarin on a bench somewhere, and... Uh, there's a message below. It's like, oh, he's got a Chinese wife. Well, that that's a surprise. And I, I think what the person meant was, oh, well, of course, your Chinese is awesome. You've got a Chinese wife. And I was just like, my Chinese, my, my wife's English is uh, too good. Like we, take, we, we speak like 50-50, you know, Chinese and English. But, uh, and yeah, even if we are speaking or I'm listening to her in Chinese, it's still like, it's a very tiny thing. You need to do a lot more than that to actually acquire a language in any reasonable amount of time, right? So far, I've realized how vast my gaps are and consistencies in pronunciation. I'm really glad that with the new year coming, 
I've made a decision that the Mandarin Blueprint Method will become my main source of learning the language. My wife has already noticed the difference, even with my caveman childlike vocabulary. The reason is primarily the way I use the right tones. Yes, it makes a huge difference. And teachers skip over it. Uh, and, you know, courses, entire university courses. When I did university, uh, I did it for one semester, Phil did the full three years. And, like, it, yeah, like the, the pronunciation is not, even in universities where you're paying a decent amount of money to study this stuff, it's missing a lot of vital information. You learn about... And it's cool to learn some classes that teach you like mouth muscle positions and stuff, but it's like, it's all very boring, you know? So that's cool. It's good to, good to hear that. Uh, she's from Zhejiang, Zhoushan, three hours from Shanghai, and she's noticed that some of the MBM pronunciation lessons lean heavily towards northern tone, but that's not a con. It would be better for me to know how to speak like a Beijinger and like most people from the south, southeast, by conversing with my wife on a daily basis. I can only perceive it as a benefit. Uh, yeah, I mean, we mentioned like Arhua, you know, like Nar and stuff, but, you know, people use that all over China. In Sichuan, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's standard Mandarin. I mean, I'd like to know what part of it, what part of the course isn't standard Mandarin. Cause, uh, uh, and also the Beijing accent, I guess, can sort of, we, we do, yeah, we mention it. Like we talk about like Ting and Jing, like we talk about the different tones because, you know, Mandarin is largely based off of the Beijing dialect anyway, so... To sum up nicely, I have turned 31 two days ago. Yeah, me too. Uh, not two days ago, but yeah, 31 too. And uh, this course has given me the confidence to embark on a journey over the next six to 12 months. My goal is simple. By 2021, I want to have a comfortable conversation with my Yue Fu and Yue Mu, I mean, uh, mother and father-in-law. Thank you for giving me hope that I can learn the language. You can. Well done, James. And thanks for that, mate. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think I replied to you already that Six to 12 months to have a conversation. I mean, it's, yeah, absolutely. With the Mandarin method, I mean, basic fluency is possible in six months with many hours a day. Um, like a thousand, you know, you want to get a thousand words down and be able to use them properly, six to 12 months. But you have to put in like a good, at least an hour a day, at the very least, uh, to get there. But you'll get there. So thank you for that, mate. Really appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> Roy Johnson, from again, in the community, which is our Mandarin Blueprint Method forum, he's asked about the new, the next expansion. So Phil and I have been, as you may, if you follow the podcast, we've just been constantly talking, oh, the, the, the expansion's coming out. We've been constantly working on it. And we're just putting, as, as Phil said in the last podcast, the only thing that's like slowing us down a bit is getting hold of Jerry and Annie to do the recordings because everything must have audio. That's a huge part of the, the value of of all the flashcards and things like that. So that's the only thing we need to do. <laughs> we've done everything, you know. Uh, and we've just got this uh, expansion out, which is 1,500 characters. Oh, why don't I read the question first? How about that? Perhaps, so Roy says, perhaps this has been answered before, but is there an ETA on the course expansion to 3,000 characters? How many words total will be covered with that expansion? So again, we've, had, we've just expanded everything by like 150% to 1,500 characters, common characters, and around 4,000 words. And of course, all the sentences and the, uh, that go with that are already included, and we're gonna include like 100 different bits of longer form content, which we're gonna add slowly over the next weeks and months. We've just finished that expansion, and Roy loves the course so much, he's already asking about the next one. So, 
uh, right, so but I already answered Roy, of course, but I want to just make sure this is uh, clear for everyone else who's maybe not in the community, doesn't really check it out much. So we um, we haven't done the research yet, right? Uh, we, it w But I think it would take probably about the same amount of time at least <laughs> to get uh, to 3,000 because we have the system in place now. So if we added another 1,500 characters, and by the way, that was going to, we are planning our next expansion, we're just going to go all the way to 3,000. We're just going to do it. Just get all the way to 3,000 characters and however many words that includes, we'll just add those words too. We haven't done the research yet, but I would say if we got to 1,500 characters, we could at least double the amount of words we've got. And we don't know what other changes we're going to make. Like maybe we'll, you know, it could be up to 10,000 words. I honestly don't know, but it'll be a lot. Uh, and all those words will have different usages. And they'll, again, they'll all have required sentences, each a sentence per usage. And it's going to be a lot of work, actually. <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it will take a bit longer than the last expansion. But yeah, we, uh, trust us, we are more, much, possibly even more excited and eager to get that done as you are. Because our dream, or one of our big goals, is to have enough content so that someone could start learning Chinese from zero with us and just with us reach advanced fluency and be able to read novels, newspapers, and, and of course, later on in their own time, get to fluency through a lot of speaking practice. Um, and 3,000 characters is what you need for advanced literacy to be able to read a newspaper. It's the minimum, really, to read a newspaper or a novel. Um, yeah, I want you guys to be able to log into Mandarin Blueprint, that's it, and don't use anything else, and then be able to read Harry Potter or Game of Thrones or whatever it is you read. Yeah, so as an ETA, within a year is our goal. But it could take a bit longer because you know all sorts of things can happen. Um, but uh, we're doing fine, and uh, but we need to you know spend a bit more time on actually marketing the course and you know selling the course so we can you know you know well keep the lights on all that sort of stuff. So that's our priority at the moment. Uh, but we will start working on the next expansion as soon as possible within a year. Hopefully, it should be out. All right, thanks a lot for that, Roy. Uh, Kevin Brady by email says, "Hey guys, much love back." And thanks for the message. Yeah, we sent out just to, uh, checking out how he's doing and all that sort of stuff. The problem is that your course is simply too good. Well, that's a good problem. And I'm in the middle of a serious career deadline right now. Very technical science-based stuff. I just read Deep Work by Cal Newport where he talks about the importance of delaying depth-destroying activities such as emails, social media, and even one's hobbies and passions in order to be able to focus deeply on a difficult goal. Brilliant. That's what I had to do in order to achieve my goal. I don't use social media, otherwise I'd be happy to leave a review. Your course is so good that I'd leave your page open or your YouTube vids, and I just keep going back to it throughout the day. And let's face it, your stuff's a lot more fun to do than my goal that I've been struggling to achieve. So is playing the saxophone. That's why I had to put everything else aside at least for a few months until I pass my exams. Uh, then I'll be able to reward myself with the things I love doing, like learning Chinese and playing music. I'll be back for sure. Happy New Year. That was it, yeah. So that's that's awesome to hear, Kevin. Yeah, because I think that if, if, if someone's inactive on the course, that's right. We send out uh, an email, like an automatic email. It's like, hey, what's, what's going down? Uh, are you all right? Are you still with us? Um, 
And I think we sent that out to Kevin. He's like, ah, oh, we're still with you. I like you guys. So thank you. Thanks very much. Appreciate that very much. Uh, our next and final message this week is from uh, Gregory Savage. And he just says, loving the course. So <laughs> that's on the pronunciation mastery course. Thanks, Gregory. I don't know if you, I haven't actually checked your your, your performance or whatever on the actual, uh, on the platform. But if you're on pronunciation mastery, I, I'm assuming that you haven't checked out the Mandarin Blueprint method yet, or like the, the rest of the Mandarin Blueprint method rather. So if you enjoy the pronunciation mastery, you're in for a real treat when you get to the, the real meat of the course. As for course updates, well, uh, again, I don't want to keep boring you with the expansion. It's always the same every week, right? Oh, the expansion's coming, the expansion's coming. But it is, I'd say within a week or two, we'll have it, we'll have the final 10 levels with you. Characters, words, and sentences. Uh, and then, I mean, our next developments, we'll probably... I'll probably prepare for next podcast or, or either me or my, uh, either Phil or myself will prepare like a list of future developments over the next few months whilst like we're in between now and the next expansion. But there's a lot of stuff we've got planned. So I'll talk about it with you. I'll make a proper list and go through it properly. Um, but uh, yeah, you guys are going to have the full 1500 characters along with all the words and all the example sentences and all the flashcards and the audio for those with you within a couple of weeks. We're just waiting to, we're just trying to book Jerry and Annie in. That's the only thing holding us back right now. I'm sure Phil mentioned that in the last podcast, so he did actually. Um, so that's one thing. Obviously, yeah, we're, we're still adding loads of videos. Uh, we've gone through all the past podcasts. We've sort of cut them up a little bit, and we've been adding videos into the lessons. Again, you already, if you already follow this podcast, you already know that we're doing that. But again, a new thing that we're doing is adding in grammar. So... We want to make sure that you guys uh, really have a 全面的 understand. 全面 is literally all aspects. 全面的 understanding of, of Chinese. So we want to make sure that we include grammar. And there's like there's hundreds of videos to be made, of course, but we're going to work our way through by uh, including grammar explanations on the podcast, as I've already explained. So that's another update. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it right now. Uh, we are also working on, again, over 100 stories um, to add in. Um, we're analyzing all of those, but uh, that's a little while away yet. It's going to take at least a few weeks or months to get all of those in the course. All right, so let's jump into movies for this week. We've had, a, as usual, a bunch of awesome uh, movies sent through. We have a few new people on the course, and a few or a few people that have been on the course for a while, that but that have recently started really uh, sending in some stuff um, so it's always fun I, I say this I say this a lot but it's always great to see so Tyson has is hilarious and he's been adding a bunch of new scenes that are not only really succinctly written and really but really good and hilarious so uh, let's uh, let's try one out I don't want to build him up too much uh, <laughs> but let's check out and make a movie for si, which means uh, the to control. So here we go. Following from the image earlier for si of Samuel Jackson. So I love when people do this, like make a series based on similar similar components within characters or similar characters or similar pronunciations. They connect different. It's like a network of different scenes. So in si, Samuel L. Jackson was being swallowed by the mouth. That's how he learned that character for number four, when he thought he was joining the Fantastic Four in my backyard, right? Here, the mouse shows up in the front yard and announces the new hero. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the operator. From the mouth comes Samuel L. Jackson with a razor blade fused to one hand and a claw to the other, the operator. And I can imagine him just saying his, pretty much, I guess it's his catchphrase at this point, which I'm not going to mention on this podcast, but that would that would be hilarious. Well done, mate. Next, we've got another great movie from Tyson, a make a movie for Ta, which means him. He's got Trump standing in front of the A-set, scolding Chuck Norris and the alien. The alien is the, the right side component because the wall isn't done. The wall between America and Mexico, I assume. Didn't I ask you to build a wall? I'm not going to do an impression. Which of you, which one of you was supposed to do it? They each point at each other while saying at the same time, him. Really simple, hilarious, straightforward. And it's also, it, it, it lends itself to Trump's personality as well. Like, I'm like apprentice Trump, you know. Uh, awesome. Carl Griffin has a movie which is really cool for, make a movie for Chu, which means to go. So let's check that out. He says, Ben Cousins. Oh, so this is what I, I want to mention this point, actually. He says, he uses Ben Cousins. I've got no idea who that, who that is, but it's an, apparently an AFL player, uh, which is Australian Football League. And all of his special actors, the U actors, which there's only six of them, they're represented by an AFL players. Now, this group has sort of become a wild card group. It wasn't originally. Originally, way back, it was just gods. And then we added world leaders because we want to give more choice. You could choose you know, a leader of a country. But now it's just become a wild card group. It's just well, there's, there's there's been at least 20 different um uh, and probably more different um, groups of things that have been representing these six six uh, people, six actors. Some people have chosen specifically communist leaders, um, uh, rock bands or rock band people, members of a TV show, members of a TV show family. I think the the Starks from the, the Game of Thrones like uh, was one that stuck out to me. Someone was like, oh, any one of the Starks is a ooh character. So six, six people. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, and, and he's got AFL players. So you can do that too. It's great. So anyway, let's get to the movie. So he says, Ben Cousins sees a giant musical triangle laying on the ground with words inside saying, to go into the mine. So he picks up his spade, shovel and digs, and after a few minutes of digging, he goes into the mind. Okay, so everything's good there. That will still help you remember the, the uh, character, but but having things spelt out for you is pretty much useless because the whole point of doing these sorts of uh, mental gymnastics and memory palaces is because our brains are rubbish at remembering letters, numbers, because it's not used to it. Like that's a very, if you, if you think about the history of humans, however long that is, we are, well, regardless, our brains are just not built for memorizing these things. It's our, our brains are really good at remembering people, places, locations, mentally, and visualizing those things. It's rubbish at remembering numbers and things. So you can do that, but it's just a waste of time really, because unless you're like some sort of savant or genius, your, pro your brain's probably going to be like everyone else's and you're probably not going to remember those two-go words. So don't, don't bother doing that. But everything else is great. It's very simple, straightforward. It's what I like. 
and he's going into the mines, right? But so you'd have to obviously make that clear. I'm sure you have in your mind, but just to, for everyone else listening, the, the the point of the entire scene is to go. So it's almost like he's he can maybe take a I don't know, like he's on a um like a running track in the Olympics. And he's like, and there's a firing gun, or you hear the sound of a gun, or something like that, and you just and he runs in. And there's sort of a build up to it, and that's the point. That's the climax of the scene. You know, it's just my idea. But uh, all good. Well done, Kyle. Xiao uh, Tian on make a movie for Tuo, which means wrong or incorrect. His O set is his college dorm. Tuo is a fictional character, and he's chosen Conan the Barbarian, the and I'm assuming the Arnold Schwarzenegger version. Metal is the left side component, and a succulent plant. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that exactly, but eucalyptus, I don't know, uh, is the right side component. She. So, Conan is teaching a horticulture class to whimpering freshmen in the lawn behind my college door. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Succulents do not go in the metal pots. When I blow the whistle one time, you take the succulents out of the metal pots and put the succulents in the play, in the clay plot, clay pots. Got it? Keep crying, you babies. Your tears nourish my beautiful succulents. Sorry. I just had to do the Arnold impression for that because I'm sure you did it in your mind. Well done. That is, that is a fantastic. And of course, just similar to... I mean, we're a bit better at this, I think. Most people are. But similar, like having all those words is great for hilarity. But you're probably not going to remember most of them. But you'll remember his facial expressions and explaining things. And that's that's enough. But just in case anyone's listening to this or watching this and you're thinking, oh, I need to write an actual like script. Don't worry. Just having him angrily pointing and shouting at them and saying something will, it will have just the same effect as writing all this hilarious script. But... Um, it's great for entertainment. Well done. Tyson again on Make a Movie for Lee. My friend Lisa, very short, this one. I like it. Uh, my friend Lisa in the backyard of my childhood home. Being attacked by a claw, she raises up her samurai sword in a Thundercat style and shouts, I have the power. Brilliant. Uh, a lot of uh, Zoomers won't get that one. So the next message is for Make a Movie for Zui, which means the most. Uh, and someone commented that because sometimes we'll give you a group of props for a character and it's not the only combination of props you could use. And sometimes uh, our members have actually presented a, a combination that works better for them. But it's actually also, in my opinion, sometimes better as well. Um, I think this is one where it's like it works 50-50. Like sometimes they, people would prefer our our group of props and sometimes... Uh, would prefer um, the other suggested form. Anyway, so Zui, we said as the sun, and then ear, and then uh, right hand. But uh, another person suggested, I pref he said, I prefer to use a rooster, which is like the sun and the, the razor blade, like the line together, and uh, mu, I believe, like eyeball and right hand man, which is absolutely fine, and it would probably work just as well, if not better. Anyway, Pablo replied, um, to this person's suggestion, he said, same here. I just realized that with time, more and more students of Chinese in this MB community will see a rooster on an ATM or a sun on top or any other prop when faced with this character in real life. Yeah, it would just, it would just bring that, that image back to you. 
At some point, we will be walking on the street or discussing with random people only to find that they are also seeing a rooster on top of an ATM or any bizarre movie scene and realize that we share the same learning method or path. I will most surely cry at that moment if it ever happens to me. Well, not cry, but at least I will be touched. No, of course, because men don't cry, do they? Uh, <laughs> that's awesome, Pablo. Well done, mate. Thanks for that. Um, and his movie scene is uh, is quite good. So he says, just in case it helps someone, here's my movie. It will always help. Zelda goes to my EI location, which is Dui, um, bathroom, his fourth tone, only to find a rooster on top of a yellow, shiny ATM saying, I'm the richest living thing on earth. Mwahahaha. I possess the ATM with the most money. Zelda, the fictional character for the initial, opinion initial, says, I don't know about that bro, but you are surely the most annoying one. Let me just do my stuff alone. The camera focuses on the disappointed face of the rooster. So there's a lot of, again, this is a really funny situation, but there's a lot of dialogue in this. And like I said before, dialogue can tend to be forgotten quite easily. Even if you're like an hour old learner, you learn well with listening. Um, there it'd be, it might be good to add a bit more visual to it if maybe you have already, but um, you just didn't mention it in the writing, like where it's like the rooster is all like puffing his chest out and stuff, and Zelda's just like slaps it aside with it with it with his sword, and he's the one that's the most and puffs his chest out instead on top of the ATM. You know, I've got it, I'm the best. I think that'd be more than enough. But you get the idea. Well done, mate. Thanks for that. Uh, okay. Another one from Pablo was make a movie for man, which is for, well, it's it's like a phonetic character in most cases. It's uh, Manhattan, it's used in uh, Manhattan. It's used in a lot of place names and uh, a lot of just names as well, just people's names. So he's got Props, the son, which is the top part. Then he's got Mike Wazowski from Monster Inc., flipped horizontally now Mike Wazowski was actually my suggestion it was my thing that I used and I, I mentioned it in the course I think a lot of people have used it too to to represent I more and he's just turned Mike on his side now I wouldn't usually recommend that uh, you can do it I'm sure it'll work fine but there is a risk that you will get confused and it will add that extra step in when you think oh is that was he on his side you know it that's why we always say make your props distinct and two separate things. Just like make it, make it a, well, that means net in a lot of ways. So you can make it a net of some kind, for example. But it's always good to do that because you don't want to create possible confusion because it's just for efficiency. You know, you don't have to re just second guess yourself when you want to go and review, you know. Anyway, and the, the yo part is a Chinese pot drum. So, Mike. Wazowski is in Manhattan to do a special photo shoot. So I guess your your AN fourth tone is sort of changed into Manhattan. As long as you can still recognize the location somehow, that's fine. With like tall building sides and stuff. Or maybe it's a little model Manhattan sort of there, you know. Um, to, he's there to do a special photo shoot for Manhattan Henge. He's posing flipped horizontally <clears throat> on top of a Chinese pot drum while the sun sets <clears throat> on the horizon perfectly on this special day. American people passing by are cheering and acclaiming our dear little friend like only Americans can do. P.S. Manhattan Henge, also called the Manhattan Solstice, 
is an event during which the setting sun or the rising sun is aligned with the east-west streets of the main street of the grid of Manhattan, New York City. Look for it in Google if you don't know. It's beautiful. That's awesome. Thanks for explaining that because I honestly had no idea. Um, Phil might know because he's American, but I've never heard of that. So thanks for explaining that. Um, and it's very personal as well. You know, it's very, it's a very good one. Uh, I can't think of anything wrong with that at all. Um, you must be really good at imagining details, though, in your mind, because like that would be tough for me personally. I mean, I'm sure, though, just to imagine a city in a room. You know, I'm not sure. I'm sure not everyone could do that. But uh, that's uh, showing off your skills there. Tyson again on make a movie for bien, which means side. He says, standing in front of my friend Sandy's house. That's an A-N place. I see that there are two red carpets coming from each side of the house. Walking on one is He-Man. He represents leap power, which is what that means. And walking on the other side is my friend Bob, which is the B.I. actor for this pronunciation. He-Man attacks her, but she overpowers him. And she takes his sword and plunges it into his side. Very nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you good. So you doubled up the props, uh, which I think is is a general as a general guideline. It's always very general because you can always do it, right? It's just I just give I like to give general guidelines for the benefit of general people watching. I'm sure it worked absolutely fine for you, Tyson. But generally, doubling up the props can possibly add some confusion as well. But I'm just I think I'm being a bit too anal there. Um, this is absolutely fine. So you got the you got the concept there. Um, and that prop is actually never used twice in one character anyway, so it's not a big deal. And you've shown, I love how you've shown the keyword twice in the two uh, carpets, and you've sort of, and you've used the location quite well. So you've got the two carpets coming out of the side, uh, and she plunges the sword into his side. Uh, awesome, well done. Oh, Ejo, it's been a while. Uh, make a move for Ying, which means to welcome. Uh, Idina Menzel, of course, uh, who would be the actress, and my high school is the location where she learned English. That's her connection to that uh, final. Red carpet box and wax seal. Not a seal like a seal, like a stamp. My high school was staging an amateur production of Wicked, the musical. Good news, the school managed to get Idina Menzel on board. I arrived at the school and saw her standing inside a giant box on a red carpet, just inside the, in the entrance. I was perplexed. Shouldn't she be backstage doing warm-ups or something? Ah, oh, my agent asked which role I wanted to play, and I said, it doesn't matter. I just want to dominate the box office. So here I am, she continued, smiling while stamping my ticket with a wax seal. Just follow the red carpet to the stage. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I forgot Ija loves to do like uh, really interesting dialogue as well. And it's like, yeah, you might forget the dialogue, but you you remember how people like sort of the, the visuals of the conversation how people their gestures their facial expressions at the very least you'll remember that if not the audio too so that's great yeah that's really good so Xiao Tian again make a movie for hi yeah should be hi yeah yeah, yeah. there we go so it's a bit of a rare one um so the actor Harrison Ford uh, and AI the fourth town Chinatown oh, that's cool you're like a part of an entire city. That's pretty cool. Top hat, putter, as in golf, and uh, umbrella. Holly, Holly, Holly. What's that? White person living in Hawaii. I didn't know that. Okay, it's a howler. Holly. Cool. 
Um, I don't remember. It's just a bit of a feedback for the, not a sort of, a, what do you call it? preliminary information for the actual scene. So he says, I don't remember much about the party the night before, but as I come out of the bedroom of my tiny studio apartment, I find a dozen strangers passed out in the living room. There's a soft knock at the door. I look at the peep I look through the peephole. Well the solo. Oh Han Solo, right, yeah. Okay. I open the door and there's Harrison Ford wearing a top hat. Uh, and carrying a dozen little styrofoam boxes and a funny-looking umbrella. He says, I've got a bad feeling about this, and helps himself inside and goes straight to the kitchen. He reeks of rum and coconut. Oh, good. People very rarely do that. They very rarely add in a smell, at least consciously. But it's a huge part of memory, right? I've never really experimented much with it. I, I have done a couple of times. But... We still don't know the, the the effectiveness and the power of that truly, you know, but it's good that you're doing that. I think that's really going to help. The old, the olfactory memory, isn't it? It's very um, memorable. Okay, so in the kitchen, he starts handing me eggs and says, I went downstairs to Chinatown to buy a dozen eggs for breakfast. There's a lot of dialogue today. It's awesome. Uh, but the shopkeeper gives me a styrofoam box full of quail eggs. They're so small, so I bought a dozen boxes. I don't know. It should be enough for everybody. Oh, and this howler guy, Luke, I know, I know, Luke, right, is on the corner selling these umbrella umbrellas with a putter for a handle. I just had to buy one. Scrambled or sunny, kid? Great dialogue. Uh, got all the aspects of the, of the scene in there. Was that? Who's? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. That's awesome. Well done, mate. So yeah, that's all for the movies this week. Uh, I've got a few, obviously we had tons of props too and a couple of actors, but there's a few props that I wanted to share with you because I think they'll be useful to add in to the course and for people following just on YouTube because they have a few sort of more subtle aspects to them that I think are really good that are worth mentioning. So let's have a look. So the first two are from William Edmides and uh, he mentions xiang, which means towards basically. So, 向我, 向他, like, towards something. To turn towards something. So, when you turn towards something, it can often be a time of crisis or need. So, a deity or other figure, or maybe a good luck charm could be a good prop choice too. That's great advice. And it's it's great for these um, more abstract meanings. And uh, we need all of the, you know, people really get a lot out of these prop suggestions, especially for these tougher choices. So, that's a great one. Um, and especially these more not these more general oh it could be this category of things that so gives people even more choice, uh, which is really helpful. Another one from William as well is for again a really abstract character meaning which is yo, which means a few things. Um, one of the meanings is to derive, which is again you know, a lot of people might have to look up that word like how it's actually used you know in English. Um, so. Going with Isaac Newton, because he invented calculus, the style of maths where you can derive equations from. So that is, again, is a couple of degrees of separation, but still really, really good. And uh, it reminds people that you can, you know, even if you have got a re relatively tenuous connection, can still work really well. And the last one here is from Xiao Tian for Zhong which means heavy. So that's the meaning of the character. But for that character as a prop, as a component in other characters, Xiaotian's gone for this. He says, 
I used dumbbells for jian because jian means, uh, well, jian when it's a fourth tone, jian means interval. Um, but shi jian, the jian, jian means also, I guess, it, I guess it also means interval. Um, but it's like related closer to time. Whereas jian with a fourth tone is like jian xie, it's like a, an actual interval, uh, you know, it's like a, within a play or something like that. Um, but it's all, you know, it's all, it's all good. He says, interval training came to mind. So he used dumbbells for jian. Or jian. So I'm using a barbell for zhong. So it's related to jian. Barbells are heavier than dumbbells. Awesome. I just wanted to mention that as one last one. So great job uh, there, guys. Really helpful this week. Uh, I hope this podcast has been a good one for you. Let me know what you think about the, the grammar section in the comments and if you'd like us to keep doing that or maybe if you'd like us to put it in a different part of the podcast, maybe like later on or something like that. We really need your feedback on that. Otherwise, we'll just do it the way we think and that might not always be the right way for you guys. So thanks very much for listening and I will see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.